and welcome to Survivor at Home, the podcast. My name is Jordan. I'm one of your hosts here alongside Andrew Ironside, and we are ready to go. Our guest this week is Luke, Survivor at Home contestant from season four, runner up that season. Welcome in, Luke. How are you today? And what are you thinking of this season of Survivor? Uh, I'm so good today. I'm, I'm so pumped to be on the podcast. Short time listener, first time caller. So I'm really, really excited about it. Um, <laughs> kind of upset that I had to come on after Alex, but I get it. That's just the way it goes. Um, everyone values number one. So he has, <laughs> just to clarify, he hasn't been on the, I mean, he had a special episode, I guess. Is that what you're referring to? But we have not invited him on yet to the season oh. debrief. So in, in a way you are beating him in that regard, but yes, we did have him on for a special. That, that means nothing. Okay. Yeah, no, it's yeah. no one listens to that. I can see the stats. His, I think his family tuned in and that was it. But yeah, we, we have watched you play. You're a big fan. There's a lot of connections, London, Steve, John Wani, a few others for sure. We don't have to break it all down, but how, how did you get connected to survivor at home and, and what was your experience? Yeah, I, it was through those guys. It was, it was mostly Steve. Steve was a big proponent of survivor at home. Sorry, London, Steve. Do we have to say his name right at the beginning? Every time is that the whole, every, is that the deal? Every, it's These mandatory are... requirements. Even if we forget it later okay. on in the episode, it's because for tax purposes. It, it's mandatory. Big shout out to London, Steve. So he, uh, he's been bugging me for, I can't even, I think it was over a year at that point. Cause he had, uh, he got really into it and, I uh, love the community. And so he wanted me to play. He knew that I watched Survivor and thought that I would love it. And at first I said, no, because I don't want to be a part of something that just everyone, you know, is super interested in, right? Like Settlers of Catan, same thing. I, I still haven't played it. I don't know what it is. But now that I've played Survivor at home, love it, love the community. It's been an, an awesome experience. So. Nice. And now let's stop the niceties here. Let's jump ah. in. What are you, what are you, uh, well, first, what are you uh, bitter about with Alex? Oh, no. Winner okay. of season four. Here we go. You said you Played had a bone to pick. Here's your platform. Yep. What do you have? To I do? actually kind of have, a, I had a prior connection with Alex before the game as, as well. And so that was a, a, he's actually friends with my wife. And um, shout out to Amanda. Uh, she'll come up one more time because she had a great joke. But uh, Alex, I've I've known Alex from a distance. It was weird to play with him and to get to know him on a different level. I think my beef with him is that <laughs> there's not really a beef. It's just really that the guys played three times. Like, come on, like how many times do you have to to play to really get to the finale, right? And then and then everyone's real happy for him, and I think that's great. But it seems just the way that people talk as, as though Alex did it all himself. And yeah, he won a lot, of, got a lot of idols and he won some challenges here and there, but, um, and he was a little conniving, but when you know the game so well, you know, it's, it's gotta be expected. Right. Right. So this is like the rookie coming into the league and being mad at the guy who's been around for a while and, and can uh, just get the, the ins and outs a little bit more. Uh, I'll just say, I thought you played a fantastic game getting voted out and coming back in the Alex thing, we can definitely debrief some more for sure. You did come close and I just want to acknowledge that you did fantastic. Really, really good to have you on. Tell us like one more highlight. What's one more thing uh, that you learned from playing so that the next time someone else can complain about you because they'll say, man, Luke just knew how to do something. I didn't. What, what's something that you picked up from this season that you might change going forward? 
Oh, so I think there was a couple things that I learned. One is that you, you, you really have to be true to yourself. And if you, you ever stray from that, um, yeah, you pay for it in the end. The, the other thing that I learned, and I think it came up actually, to be honest, in Survivor um, this, this season, these past couple episodes especially, is that some people just don't ever really know what's going on. And sometimes that person is you. And uh, you don't have to play off like you always know what's what's going on. But uh, it's going to happen at some point. Like at some point, you're going to be in the dark. So just to be aware of that and to be okay with that. Well, yeah, really good to have you on uh, this uh, past season and uh, just competing, coming back, like we said, from redemption, making it all the way to the end and just a couple votes short of winning it all. So kudos to you for doing that. Uh, we're excited to break down uh, this episode with you because this is one of the most insane episodes of the season. I think it's the best one that we've seen so far. There is a lot to unpack for the, for you listening at home. Thank you for being here, listening to the Survivor at Home podcast. This is rolling. We're getting very close to our 2,000th listener. And I think when that happens, maybe we'll do a little draw and give it a prize because it just means a lot that you'd make us a part of your week. A lot of you writing us, texting us, uh, now on our social media on Twitter at Survivor at Home. We'd love for you to follow us there and engage. Still waiting for Kel Sherman to actually follow through with his word and write in there as well some questions. But we love it. It's a, it's a great joy for us to bring people together around this great game of Survivor and to have fantastic guests like Luke on each week to break it down. Uh, but thank you for listening at home. And we are going to dive into uh, season 42, episode number six. And it was a doozy. And episode number seven. I think it counted as two episodes. Did it? Yes. Okay. I think one should be called bromance. Maybe <laughs> maybe season six or episode six and a half. There was a episode lot. six and a half bromance. There was a lot out there. Absolutely. Uh, we pick up the episode recapping uh the post-tribal moments and coming back and they're they're actually actually even before that they give us a recap of what's happened so far which doesn't always happen in survivor where yeah, they the show throwback. us the, the throwback the ambulance previously on survivor the, the fact that there's idols in play omar not having a vote he doesn't know that yet uh and then we jump in to post-tribal with vati and really just setting the stage for this episode of like not trusting people because there is a lot of that to come as we enter the merge kind of mergatory as we talked about last season, but we have Chanel celebrating the saga of Chanel versus Daniel. And I love what she says coming. Guess who came out on top? I did. I just knew that I would be able to do this and uh, she's there, but she's also aware that she put Mike's name down and that that could come back to bite her. And then what did you think about Mike's comment there about uh, his trust in Chanel going forward? Mike is a straight shooter. Just you voted for me. Nope, that's not okay. That's not happening. I love it. She also tried to explain why she made that vote. And it still doesn't make sense to me because she said she voted for Mike in case Daniel played his shot in the dark. If Daniel plays in shot, his shot in the dark, there's still two votes for Chanel and she's out. And okay, if so she gets a tie with Mike, Mike's not getting voted out anyway. So it doesn't matter. I totally agree. I'm, I'm on the same page here. Cause I don't think Chanel had any idea what was going on in that boat. And this is where I think her, her game and my game parallel in survivor at home. Like there was one boat there. I had no idea what was going on. 
And I came back into it and I told people, you have to talk to me. I think I was talking to Bryson and I was saying, you've got to talk to me. You got to bring me in on these things. Because if you look at the way that the vote came, like the way that it crumbled, she had no idea what was going on. There's no way. And I think she just played it off like she did. Yeah. She played it off like she did, had a good example. She played it off on Twitter like she did as well, but mm -hmm. it, it was just one, the vote straight away, instead of going straight for Dan, it just didn't make, it didn't make sense. She has a reason in her mind, but you can kind of call it out and go, I don't think that's, I don't think you actually thought that through the right way. And you had a wrong, even if you will stand by your decision, you had a wrong read on what was going on. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then Mike right after in a confessional, I think I'll take a bullet for high. I'll take a bullet for Lydia Chanel zero. Yeah, I'll step aside, <laughs> step aside. Um, the only thing is part of survivor, you lay out your plans early on and who you want to work with. I don't love the idea of Mike with high and Lydia. I feel like they're, especially someone like high at this point in the episode, I'm going Mike with high and Lydia. I think that high will just get rid of Mike whenever he feels like it. And that's not a great spot for him to be in versus I think Daniel really wanted to work with him. Obviously it shook out a different way and Daniel proved himself to be not as loyal as everyone wanted or playing a couple different ways. And it didn't, didn't go the way he wanted it to, but he was someone who I think Mike could have worked with long-term. I don't get the same feeling from high, at least in this moment. I don't know if you guys feel any different about that. I love high. I love the way that he plays. I love Mike too, but I, yeah, I agree. I don't think they're, they're a good pairing for like for either one of them. I don't think it totally makes sense. Um, but I think in the moment and for now, cause this is prior to merge or whatever you want to call it, but I think it works for them in the moment. Right. Exactly. And they're getting through it in the moment is the, that's the biggest thing is get to the next vote. Yeah. Make it through the night to the next day and, and keep going. And hopefully your game works out long-term, but yeah, I just didn't love that pairing pairing for him. Then we move on and we see rocks, Roxroy and Tori chatting with each other and it is like not happening and nothing is happening Roxroy won't tell Tori anything Tori won't give Roxroy anything they're both having confessionals complaining about the other one doing exactly what they're doing to each other it's unbelievable I think I talked I think we talked about it last week on the podcast as well with two people Roxroy and uh, Lydia. Chanel Lydia? Was Lydia oh yeah Roxroy yeah. and Lydia went on the journey together and it was just, everything was clashing. It didn't make sense. And now another time this is happening and I get it from both ends. No one really wants to trust Tori and Roxroy just wants to keep his cards to his chest and, and tell people that he trusts what he wants to tell them and others not give them anything. And it makes for kind of a hilarious moment, but <laughs> well, they not just seen eye to eye is an understatement. Man, I think these two are going to go to the end together, just battling <laughs> out like this eternal battle. Steph actually made a great point too. She said, it's interesting the choice to not do a tribe swap when you have three because it makes them stick together so long that they drive each other crazy, as we see here. Mm. And I thought that's a great point. Obviously, sometimes uh, you worry that alliances just will never break up. But I think that version of Survivor yeah. is long gone. And they do. You're mm. seeing this. They just are absolutely getting on each other's nerves. We see it on Taku with Jonathan and Marianne and Lindsay. Uh, whereas, again, if, yeah, if you split get split up you might think of your former alliance with a bit more rose colored glasses but loving that the tension there and just he's like yep i'm not telling you anything about my i think it was the the summit right that he just wouldn't concede anything at all 
And again, just setting up these clashes that we're going to see episode. But I, w- I would love for them to go. What are the odds that these two are sitting together at the final three and just <laughs> ripping into each other? <laughs> and like, a, Luke, a, big... a Luke versus Alex, if you will. No. Just, just going right after <laughs> each other. And Survivor is just giving us these cracks to go with. We know that the mergatory, as we like to refer to it as, is coming. And there's, there's a crack here. We know that Jonathan kind of finds Marianne a little bit annoying. She's sweet, but she she talks a lot, and that's not that's not what he's about. And we see this crack with Mike and uh, Chanel, Roxroy and Tori, all these little things. It's just setting you up for they could just go four, four, and four, and one tribe gets decimated, then the other tribe gets decimated, and it's game over. But guess what? That's not going to happen. Yeah. And here's why there's people getting annoyed with each other and living with each other for so long that in such small groups it's it's boiling over now it's bubbling up right in time to head into head into a challenge um we go into the challenge jeff as he calls it breaks the or as they call it like breaking the fourth wall i think it is um where he tells us he explains to us here's what i found interesting about this i think we knew that this would happen but or this was happening Jeff had already read the votes for Erica. Now, I saw a tweet earlier from Ricard where he said, I'm glad that they explained all this information to the castaway so they had more to go with when it came to this um, came to this twist. And some people fired back on Twitter saying, or someone in the old group, the season 41, could have told the season 42 cast. And Ricard said, no, we were on a plane as they were on the beach starting their game. So there was no right. crossover. So Erica's vote to win had been cast two, three, four days before this game started. So you're talking only a week or two since those votes. Is have been that cast. the gap? Is that all the That's gap? Wild. The gap is almost nothing. Yeah, they were on a plane on the way home Dude. when uh, when this game was starting. So yeah, it's okay. wild how, how let small me just, the gap is. Let me just say, so running Survivor at home, it's the best thing in my year. But I'm I'm out of commission for a week at least as are you guys who've played but Mm -hmm. for me to host and run it and the idea of doing one the following weekend is insane i mean i guess you could copy and paste a lot of which they do this season but that's that's crazy to me that's that's a great perspective no one really thinks about jeff right and then the crew like to to run two back to back is is yeah Yeah. two two months basically yeah 26 days so two months or one month for each up one month for each each season each season yeah, yeah. um but Although, yeah they had already read the votes for erica they knew the result it's interesting mm-hmm. i wonder how many people actually know the result um on the crew because jeff has obviously read it and other people must know because someone's filming him and whatnot right but i wonder how many of the crew actually know and they have to keep it a secret for this was filmed march 2021 i think so they've been keeping this the Erica vote a secret for eight or nine months. This vote, no, it was March, 2020. This is almost two years, isn't it? I'm confused now. I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. No, it's March, 2021. Gosh, we're going to delete that out of the podcast later. Anyway, I want to shame um, you. It'll stay in for sure. um, So they're keeping this a secret for so long. It's just, it was an interesting thing to me to hear that Jeff's totally willing to say that right there and know the results two weeks after and not just a, read the results a couple months later right instead one more funny note of, as someone who's putting the show together i'm always watching what jeff is doing i love the the breaking the fourth wall i love it's mm-hmm. fantastic it's funny that he's doing it. it's like okay here they come 
but what if he messed up like would he make them go back and like, hold on guys i'm just trying to explain something and come back again just like at the end of the episode where uh he looks over to see as lydia's out of the picture and then maybe it was more time yeah. it makes it look like she's just left and he's like now you're merged and they all cheer and i just imagine lydia yeah. walking into the dark <laughs> oh, into the darkness so the hearing the cheering so like, painful wow what a jerk Oh, so painful man. and not onto the jury. Lydia's not on the jury. Yeah, true. Either. Right. Uh, kind of a slap right. in the face. I saw Evie yeah, complain about suck. that, how she was she was one vote away from being voted out in that exact spot that Lydia got voted out. Mm-hmm. And she goes, it still haunts me to this day. That and she and she her. thought she was safe, right? She thought yes. she was safe. Yeah, Lydia. Lydia yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a blind side. Also, the reading of the votes, Kel on Twitter hinted at this, but um, I played a version of Survivor that Kel hosts and he did the vote reading almost the exact same for this. Yeah, that was cruel. As when I got voted out and it was, I retweeted it. I just wrote traumatic in all capital letters because it was. I love um, how you're slowly working your way up. Each week you're saying a few more <laughs> seconds of your traumatic experience in Kel Survivor, which is yeah. very similar to Survivor at home, in, at least in some ways. And that's this online event, but it's his goes on for like was it like weeks 40 days or something uh, no longer anyway. it was longer it was almost two months it was wow. end of january early february to early april it yes. was like basically two months it's a long sure. road and yes we'll just slowly hint towards it so we're moving on from that now for today um huge <laughs> that they, they line up for this tribe uh this challenge huge food reward applebee's everyone's over the top excited shout out marianne over the top excited amanda um, so my wife amanda at that point said this is the first time someone's ever cheered for Applebee's like <laughs> there's there's no way anyone else reacted that strongly as soon as Applebee's was announced like come oh, on man but they were those wings looked good though it, so they did yeah they, they did uh I, they get told about their choice to send someone to um to send someone to exile um there's one more probes goes there's one more twist Lindsay right away of course there is of course <laughs> um the gray rocks i've had forgotten about that part of the, that was a part of the twist last time around too right mm-hmm. i had forgotten about that part so Lindsay and roxroy draw the gray rocks the orange team lydia jonathan marianne hi tori we don't even need to hear the second team we know which team is winning yeah because jonathan's on that team but we can watch the try we can watch the challenge go anyways um drea mike romeo omer and chanel are the second group um and the challenge doesn't really go back and forth orange is out in the lead the whole time this massive boulder i i would love to know how big that how much that yeah. boulder weighs because it looks about as heavy as it probably is it is massive that thing um but the orange tribe is in the lead the whole way one of the cool parts near the end of that challenge when they have to climb up the boulder and Dre is struggling with Mike and like she is gassed every time in between attempts of her getting up she's like keeling over trying to catch her breath finally they come up with a good solution Romeo go on the ground Drea stands on him so that she has a little bit more to climb up makes her way up Romeo comes up and as soon as Drea climbs up and goes back onto her knees again so dead i almost had chills that like she got through it we see these moments a couple of times over the last through few seasons where someone struggles 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 and maybe they get through it maybe they don't but it was a moment where i was like that was huge that she actually got through that and was able to make it because the attempts were 
brutal. Her knees were getting mm-hmm. scraped all over that mm-hmm. boulder. Well, she got kicked in the head on the she second got, or third try too, and just gassed. And she's an right. athlete, right? She's yeah, she's she's a big time athlete. And yeah, she was like grabbing Mike's legs, but then kind of the way she kicked his leg into her head, or she, it just worked out. That, yeah, she got kicked in the head, fell back, like a ton of failures, and climbs up and absolutely done exhausted and i just i thought that was a really cool moment i legitimately got a a little bit of like the chills of wow that was a special moment for her to conquer that um yeah you don't usually see that eh? someone just that completely done as they step back and they write she she just she was completely out of gas and again that's yeah go ahead no sorry i wondered later if uh that was a bonding experience even just for her and mike they talked a little bit later and strategized a little bit. I was wondering if even just that moment, it was big for her, like you were saying. And I, I just wonder if that had some, some, something in play into that, you know? That's mm-hmm. interesting. We'll yeah. You never know those little that. moments, right? Like that's what survivor is. You're always looking for these little connections and, and really mm-hmm. those human moments. I think most people, even if they're kind of the villain, they want that kind of human connection. And I, I think it's true. If you have an experience like that, where you endure something that's very difficult. And even I really like Mike's d- demeanor, Jonathan too. I mean, again, I just want to say he's not just physically good. He is a good leader. He's calm. He's taking charge. Like he's really guiding the team in that as well. And he's really strong, of course, but then Mike is doing something similar. And Jeff even says like, it's, it's like you're the, f- the firefighter, uh, you know, in you directing. And then he gets Romeo to climb back down and try and help, help her up but each of those moments i don't know how you could go through that and then go right back and be like i don't even care about that person at all for me personally that would definitely weigh into my sense of of a connection with someone yeah i know you love uh jonathan andrew but do you i always kind of i don't know squirm a little bit when they call him goliath i don't like that how do you guys feel about why what what don't you like yeah yeah it just just makes him feel like one-dimensional I don't know. He doesn't well, like but that's that. yeah. He doesn't like that either because him and Mike have that conversation of like he's the big guy. Everyone just kind of makes the assumption or the um yeah, the assumption that he's just one dimensional, like the dummy, but he's all brawn, no brains, anything else. Mm-hmm. And he he's shown us over and over through the game he wants to be way more than than that and wants to prove to you like he's here to play, but also friendly like wants to get to know everyone on a real level and yeah i i I understand what you mean about how it it's just weird when they call him goliath or try to put him in in that box or um they just try to it's just used as a way to like put a target on him and make him seem like something different than everyone else i don't don't have an issue with it like he's strong he's the guy is a beast right like it's it's and it is on him as in any stereotype to try and show people that you are more than that but i mean i can relate you know as a someone with a similar uh people say that all the time about me and they try to pin me in on that and, right and right. i have to yeah, really combat yeah. combat that so maybe i can have some sympathy there but like what would I, it did, was a goliath they said or what what names yeah what names did people use for you my I, I don't know man it's too late i can't think of a good joke but they're very very uh flattering things that they say about me um and my red hair but anyway i i i like it i i think it's it's true of who he is it's up to him to kind of show them he's more than that and 
take that mm-hmm. target off his back. And I, and I don't think it's offensive in any way. Like he, the dude is super strong. He's one of the most, uh, the, the, one of the strongest players we've ever seen on the show. And he's really carrying it. But like I said, I like his leadership. I like how he's calm. Although Marianne and him, we see the, like he's saying a few comments to her and she's like, okay, thanks so much. Like very like snarky back at him. I'm pretty sure that was high that said that. It was, was the he, one that said like, make sure you take your time, take a breath, take a break. You can finish it out. And yes. that's where she said, but, that's no, where she gave that. She did, remark. but he, Jonathan said something first too. He was saying, oh, like, okay. he should flip the tiles over. And she's like, no, it's okay. And he, I think he just rolls right. his eyes more, but they, they certainly do butt heads a little bit, but uh, sorry, I wanted to go back. I, I was, it was cool to see Mike as well, do the same thing um, yeah. to be a good leader. And they get up to the top. The puzzle is always the great equalizer. See, so you, you're always wondering, is this, <laughs> is this, are they going to come back? Right. Cause it happens mm-hmm. all the time. But as Jeff even says at the end, it's okay, it's kind of it's it's done. They they can't catch up, and the uh, orange group pulls off the victory, wins the Applebee's, wins the Buffs. They're officially merged. They can rest easy, but, and they choose Lindsay to join them right. for Applebee's, and Roxroy goes to exile. And Jeff gives them the warning: Are you sure this is what you want to do? And they say, yeah. So Roxroy heads to exile right. and they get to head out. Did to- you catch um, later on when they're talking, those who were left back at camp without the Applebee's, they made reference to the fact that Jeff more than once said, are you sure yeah. that yeah. you guys here don't want to switch it up? Drea called out the situation. She, she actually said, what if it's something like they don't get immunity we do and they're the ones who are actually competing for immunity and um and can get voted out i don't know right. if she even i've i've i i had this once with a movie i was watching with some friends where i like called the twist ending and they asked me about it later because someone had seen the movie and the is rest this finding nemo no this is not <laughs> finding nemo but they asked me about it later i didn't even remember <laughs> that i had called i had like made that reference of whatever the twist was at the end of the movie He's so i wonder if Trey even um even remembered saying that out or like focused on that or if she just threw right. it in the moment but no, they gave as soon as she us, says right. it great camera work as soon as she says it the cameraman zooms in right on her from a wide shot of the group like yeah. dun, 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 she got it she nailed it mm-hmm. um i thought that was funny but going into the so the reward applebee's yeah. they are all eating i think there's a yeah. bit of controversy Actually, jordan on- can i pause you for a sec why don't you explain what the offer was because i know a few people were writing even still saying after the day after watching i don't fully understand what the difference was from this season to last season with the offer that jeff said about switching and and the power that rockstory had can you clarify that so i believe it's the classic tale of survivor does this every once in a while the bunny rabbit in the, <laughs> not the bunny Sorry, rabbit in the mailbox no different i'm not gonna let um, you off easy tonight <laughs> yeah I see that um one of the members of the winning group could have sacrificed themselves and they go to exile. And, but I'm not clear on what happens to rocks Roy in that situation. I don't know if he goes on the reward or not. I didn't get a clarification. I didn't hear a clarification on that. Mm-hmm. If he would go on the reward, but basically one person would give up their reward in the interest of going to exile and seeking out this power in the game. Cause Jeff never said advantage. Well, can't say advantage because it's not, Never says advantage, anything like that. He yeah, Roxroy would have gone. He would have gone to have the, the have the, have the meal. Would've. Okay. So um, it's basically just someone who won the reward 
can switch places with Roxroy. They right. go to exile. They make the decision on the hourglass, which they don't know about, but they make that decision rather than Roxroy making it, who had, everyone had told, you're going to exile. You're, we don't want you on the reward. We want you to just go sit by yourself for two days in timeout. Mm-hmm. Um, Could they, like, do you think take. if you were in that situation, you would have been able to pause like Drea does later and, and think like, what could this be? Because they don't know anything. So they're, they're probably thinking, well, maybe it's like the, the hike up the hill and there's a risk reward or there's a, an amulet or there's a, an idol. Like they're aware of some of these twists. So maybe they're thinking that, and maybe even Tori who hates Romeo is thinking, Hey, he's going to come back with a super idol and I'll just flush We'll just flush it out. Right. Yeah. It did seem like a lot of them, a lot of them were, weren't even thinking about it, especially the ones who had won the challenge. But I think if you lose that challenge, you're constantly, you're thinking what's next, everything's changed. And one of the big, um, you know, factors that has still has to be determined is what is Roxroy doing out there? So I think I, to be honest, I think if you're in that moment, in that, in that, I don't know, in that state and you've lost, like, I think you would think about it. I would, I would think what's, what's Roxroy doing? That's my only chance really is to think like the game could be changed. So yeah. And it'd be fun just to speculate on what it could be. It'd be stre- yeah. stress you as add stress to yourself as well, but it's fun just to speculate. Oh, what if they did this? What if they did that? I wonder what the crazy ideas yeah. that people could have come up with that survivors are just going to use in the future because they were great ideas that they came up with. The castaways right. came up, yeah. up with. Um, so is that a good, is that a good explanation? I think for, so. For well, audience? yeah, I think so. I just am curious again, and knowing that and knowing that Jeff did say to them, are you sure that no one wants to switch with Romeo? Like almost overemphasizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Or sorry, with Rockstar. Yeah. Like I, you have to think that someone's going to say, this is, this seems like it's different, but Jonathan almost did. Yeah. You're right. He He almost did. He almost did. And then he needed his, his meals instead. Right, his 18 eggs. Oh my gosh, he his said 18 eggs is his seven average pieces of cheese. I think it was nine pieces of cheese and grits. <laughs> so I, for I just gotta say, I know we're just new to the Twitter game, and we're getting a, a growing community there. Um, I thought I posted the best tweet in a while. I posted of Gaston, you know, from nice. Beauty and the Beast, because he eats like that, right? It's like, yeah. and there's a, a meme of him juggling the eggs and the food, and I posted that and only got like five likes. And again, well, I like Kel, it. I'll luke yeah some of you listening who are on twitter just do it this is just for my ego but please like and share that f- very funny joke <laughs> that i posted after watching the show but yeah it, you're right no one takes the bait jeff tries to push it a little bit more than last season where they didn't even really know that there was this great hourglass moment coming and off they head to this great yeah. meal uh from applebee's and uh sitting there um and that's got to be huge, right? To be able to win some food after can that. I just, can I just pause on the Applebee's thing there? I, yeah. How do they get Applebee's? Like, do they bring in all of the Applebee's ingredients? Like, what's like? How does that work? Like, how, do you guys know how do they? How do they? Well, do you've that? already ba- you've already bashed Applebee's, so why don't you tell us what you think they do? <laughs> We're trying Here's to stay neutral for our corporate. I think sponsors, they make but... it in the U.S. and they ship it across, and it comes across, and it and they just, they just reheat it in a microwave. That's what I think. Whoa. I think they've got a good setup for the, I think they've got a good setup for the crew in terms of like making food and keeping them treated nicely. So I assume they're just making it in that area as well. I I think Applebee's paid a lot to be on survivor and wanted to make sure it was good quality food and good quality service. 
in, it made uh, me look back at uh previous sponsorships of you know random sponsors and of yeah. survivor and different episodes like do you guys remember uh the imac that was the sponsored uh episode from the australian like way back and they were sitting on these little computer i think they were t- um, typing to family or something like that and they're messaging them no like, that's wait, a throwback yeah, old school yeah. or there was uh there's uh, outback there was like a, I remember. Oh, the Outback. Outback. Oh, yeah. The Outback. And Sprint. Yep. Sprint was something as well. Sprint for a long was time. Weird. That was a weird one. Yeah. Why, like a phone on a desert island? I don't know. That was weird. There was a Jack and... Do you remember the movie Jack and Jill? With yes, Adam the Sandler? screening. They did the screening of Jack and yeah. Jill. <laughs> and I, I think yeah. the contestants, too, had to be like, it was so good. And meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> they're like, what are we watching right now? <laughs> this, is, this is what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I think there was like a Marshall's lounge too. And they set up like uh furniture and stuff. And you could just like relax as all the furniture stuff from Marshall's. Right. No, what I miss is they the... just sorry. Oh. There was one where they just chucked like seven pizzas, no nothing in between, nothing to like present them, just chucked them into a pile and gave them pizza. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't remember that one. Oh, I'll have to look that one up. Well, me being the kinder person, I I missed the moments where they got to go help the kids too was like sports equipment and do that and yeah that was pretty cool or even the helicopter rides Uh, they've done it a few times where they go and give back i feel like i can picture malcolm he comes to mind i love ethan zong yeah he's a he had a good one as well in survivor africa yeah but yeah (laughs) anyway looking for corporate sponsors here looking survivor at home yeah reach out to us let us know um as we go see through the reward, here's one thing that I have a question for you guys, but I'm gonna I'm gonna build up to it here. Tori starts to air the Ika dirty laundry out in front of everyone, mm-hmm. which leads to my question: Who exactly is she gonna work with? Because you're in this situation where everyone has these pre-existing relationships. So if you're just gonna air all the Ika dirty laundry, it means you're not working with them. But everyone has all these like. W- are you planning that just someone's going to take this and go, great, I'm with Tori, 100%, we're ready to go? What's what's the plan here? I don't understand it. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't think there is one. I, I think airing it, airing the dirty laundry is fine, but you got to do it in bits and pieces and to certain people maybe. But to do it in front of everybody all at once, I don't know. Just well, the response is either going to be like, okay, I don't want to work with her because she's clearly just betraying the people she was with. Or it could be like, if, if that were me in that scenario, I might be like, okay, here's one more person willing to work with me, but I would keep them at like, you, you can't separate them from the context of, you know, it's like the piece people that gossip to you probably gossip about you. Right. right. So right. I, that's, that would be my approach with Tori sharing that, but it's, she's strategic. I got to say, this will come up later. I was really harpy on Tori at the start of this season. I thought she was kind of arrogant and maybe it was her youth. I didn't like her is the bottom line. She's really proving me wrong. She's still that character. She gets like what reality TV is supposed to be like, but she's holding her own. I think it was Drea who said like, she just keeps squeaking through here and we're trying mm-hmm. to get her out and she's holding mm-hmm. her own and she's obviously wins the challenge later on and, and yeah. making herself, a, a big character in the game so i just wanted to shout out by the end of the episode i was saying good for her like i actually was weirdly cheering for her so funny how that yeah. kind of ebbs and flows through yeah. the season um but i i wanted to pause and just do a question from the audience if that's okay and then we'll jump back in because we had some great questions come in this week and 
I'm going to put you guys on the spot unless you did read my text earlier, but we had a question come in from Ryan, uh, Ryan Bracha, who's my brother-in-law. And he said this, if you were in charge of coming up with one of the beware advantage phrases in survivor, what would you choose? So a little audience engagement would love to answer some questions. Uh, but what do you guys think? What might you come up with as a beware advantage phrase? Well, I kind of, I kind of cheated. Like, I already came up with one with Bryson in the chat there in Survivor at Home. I don't know, Andrew. I think you saw that, but we were kind of. T- I don't came actually up with read really funny messages. One. I can't through. remember what it was, but the one that I—it's not that great. I'll just admit, but I thought it was pretty funny. It made me chuckle. So, <laughs> I said that it's like the children's fable of the upside down rainbow that couldn't smile until it went to the sky dentist, Doctor Atmouth Sphere. Wow. Even quote like giving the source of the quote. It's too much though. It's too much. You know, it's you good, can't though. there's too many words. Mike would not be able to get through that one. No. <laughs> Nasir, Nasir from last season. Just I, I like that. That's good. That's great. It's definitely on the board of decent ideas. Yeah, it's top three right now, right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, what about you? So mine, I just I don't this type of creative stuff is not my forte. So I went with a podcast reference and went um is this real life or is it heaven no it's better it's grilled cheese uh yes. that's that's good <laughs> that is that's it good. i don't know okay no nope, that's good that's yeah. top three that's All the right. way to my heart you know it's grilled three cheese. right now good i love it so here's mine boston rob sander and mike are all probably top three all-time players but london steve is a close fourth Ooh, oh. that's top four <laughs> top, four. top four gets a participant uh trophy i like yeah. that one yeah that's good oh, ryan yeah. thank you for sending that in that's a really good mm-hmm. question and uh, for those listening if you have ideas about that of course you can engage with the podcast on our website survivoratome.com go to the podcast section you'll see a, a short form you can fill out with any feedback your own ideas we'd love to shout out your comments and questions we're going to get to two more of the audience questions later on in this podcast but let's keep rolling uh, in the episode, Jordan. So they've come to this feast. We've talked about Tori kind of spilling some of these details of her tribe. We jump, we jump back actually back at camp. There wasn't much on the reward other than everyone eating a lot. Jonathan eating more than a lot oh, and yeah. needing it, but eating more than a lot. And Tori airing the dirty laundry. Uh, back at camp, we talked about this earlier. Drea called what they were guessing what the twist could have been with Roxroy, Drea called it. I just went, what? How did she get that? But I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility to throw out random guesses and one of them is right. Um, the only other thing I noticed the back at camp in this moment is Adrea and Mike Alliance maybe, which makes me happy because yeah. I like both of them. So, And yeah. we were talking about that with the challenge just a moment ago about how working together that hard might create some some unity there. But I'm just a big fan of both of them. And so to see them working together, I was like, I'm good with this. This is this is great for me. Let's let's go. Yeah, I like them together. I don't like Drea separately, but I like them together. Yeah. 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 And then we go to exile. We get to see Roxroy. And this is a good moment for Roxroy where he gets highlighted for like five, 10 minutes. Although, okay, Luke's laughing, which I'm excited for to hear. Luke, just share your thoughts. What's going on here? Okay, this is the show that Roxroy should have signed up for. It was being on an island by himself, just commentary the whole way. He's talking about, oh, building fire, you know, building his fort. And then he's, 
and he's saying, oh, you, you know, the, the rule of thumb is once you've got enough firewood, double it. And just this whole, it, you know what, that's the show for him. And I was like, I could watch that for an hour for sure. Just Roxroy by himself. I was going to say, it was great TV. Like you got to yeah. understand Roxroy a little bit more. Yeah. He's a high motivation guy and wants to share that with others. And it makes you understand why he can come off as overbearing because mm-hmm. of that quality, but he just wants to share that motivation with others. So it was like a moment where I went, I appreciate Roxroy more because what you see a lot from him is him telling, looking like he's just telling people what to do and Tori being like, no, that's not happening here. Like, you can't just tell me what to do. That's not what I want. But now we get to see Roxroy on his own. He is a character. This is probably the highlight of his season in, from a from an entertainment perspective, for sure. Um, I, I enjoyed it. And then we also hear the struggle about his eyes and him being pretty vulnerable in that moment where he's saying like, at the age that he's getting to, knowing that his eyes are probably going to deteriorate really soon based on the condition he has, he's only got a couple of really cool adventures left at this full i'll call it full health um and to hear him talk about that and want to use that on on survivor was really cool it also explains the the funny goggles as well i find those goggles hilarious um clearly they serve a really important function so it's all good but i do find the goggles kind of hilarious and now you sound like a terrible person but that's okay (laughs) wow all right easy glide okay (laughs) the one the thing though i thought it was kind of good for uh for us to see that part of Roxroy, but for him to also tap back into that mm-hmm. because he needed a reset. He needed to just, and now is a good time. Everything's changing. You know, everyone's together on the Island and whatever they're, they're one part, one tribe. So I think for him just to tap into the emotional side and to, I don't know, I guess a reset is the best way to put it, but I think that might've been good for him. Yeah. That's well said. I, I really like the shots of, the nature right like taking it in i don't know about you guys but when i watched that when i i I called my kids over today because i rewatched the episode i was like look at that like look at the sunset look at the view it does something you're like i just wish i could be there right we've talked about this before on the podcast just the moments that people have of self-reflection and often like a spiritual experience on the island is because of just the space and the time to be in nature that that to me, just even as we talk about it, I'm like, oh, I, I just, that would be the dream for mm-hmm. sure to be there. And he says it's not easy, like what he's going through, but just that experience. And I think even Chanel a few uh, weeks ago tweeted to just a picture similarly of her sitting by the water, just time of reflection. Man, who doesn't need that right now? A space in your in your life to just sit in calm and just let your mind go a little bit. So I, I just appreciate that. I always love those significant moments of, of really like understanding ourselves as human beings and the craziness of our world today that we all have to make space and time for, for, for healing and for rest and refreshment mm-hmm. and community. So I love seeing com- it. And to compare this back, the situation back to season 41, where Erica goes out and it becomes a true low point for her, where she's isolated, super uncomfortable in that situation. That's not what she's used to. She's got to fight and crawl and motivate herself the whole time. Whereas Roxroy, it's not easy being isolated from everyone in exile. We can all understand that, but he goes out there and he's in his element. He gets to do, he's the boss. He gets to do what he wants, thrive, talk us through everything that he's doing and how great it is. Um, gets to enjoy it and thrives right away in that situation versus someone like Erica who 
definitely struggled in that and used it as a motivation point to turn her game around. Roxroy can use it as a, a point of like moving his game forward, keep going, get that motivation back in a different sense. Cause he, he would have, I don't know if enjoyed it is necessarily the right word, but thrived in it for sure. Is, I is think he, ca- he's, he calls back to it though. At some point when he's back on the Island with everybody else, he says he could, he wishes he was back out on the Island by himself. Remember? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? They're just going to have us going forward. It. All survivor seasons should just, of like comedic relief pan for a few minutes to Roxroy, not even playing <laughs> just on the next door Island surviving on his own. And just yes. once in a while he appears in the night to like tell them a word of wisdom and then goes back. But I love it. By the way, I'm eating. I hope that's okay. This is my Applebee's feast. I didn't really have dinner. So I just oh, ordered no. myself something, <laughs> a burrito of all things. So we'll see how that nice. works. Burritos and podcasts are a great combination. We'll, we'll see, see how, how it goes. goes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the tribe then gets all together, except for Roxroy. He's still stuck on exile, but the reward uh, players come back and everyone gets to meet each other. And we forget, we've been watching everyone for six episodes. This has been the sixth and seventh episodes of the season. We've watched them all, but they haven't met each other outside of challenges. Everyone knows who Jonathan is. Everyone knows who Marianne is. There's a couple others that stick out, but some people just kind of hide in the background and, and do their thing and you don't really recognize them or know them. They all get to meet each other. And we get a quick rapid fire. Here's a couple of connections being made. The Amulet Alliance, the Amulet Alliance, that's what I call them, mm. get together. And I love it. They all get together and they go, yeah, we should work together. <laughs> what are they going to say? What are they going to say? No, actually, Hi and, uh, who is it? Hi and Drea both have the Amulet advantage. So, okay, we're going to vote out Lindsay. Like, that's our plan. That's what we want to do, Lindsay. See, we're going to vote you. They can't say, they're not going to do that. So mm-hmm. they all get together and they go, yeah, we should work together. Great. Thanks for giving us nothing again, guys. Well done. Um, then the shared idol, the beware advantage, they all know about each other, each other's idols. And it's a weird who on other tribes knows about these idols as well. Um, and Marianne has a gr- Marianne has a great line after that where she talks about uh, Jonathan or Mike as a shield. And she goes, a problem later is a shield to the future, I think is what she said. To who'd she say that to? She said that to um, Tori. Tori. And Tori's mind was kind of blown. Like, that's a different way to look at it. But I believe the exact quote, someone's, London Steve will call me if this was not the exact quote. A problem later is a shield to the future. And you can get, um, you can get forward by- A shield in the future. Is it a shield in the future? Yeah. Well, there you go. So I already got it wrong. Thank you for calling that out. Problem later okay. is a shield in the future. I'll save you a call from London, Steve. That's Thank you. Thank you. He's still going to call me. Um, as soon as that part plays, he's going to call me before you interrupted me. It's all good. <laughs> Mike and Jonathan, everyone's favorite bromance, right, Luke? So good. Go for it, Luke. What do you got on Mike and Jonathan? I'll just say that was, that was the best part of the episode for me to see those guys connect. And Andrew, this is probably right up your alley too, but I think, you know, Survivor is, is a game of, humans just like being themselves and you see that play out and you know for good or for bad and this is one of those moments where we see the the ultimate like the best part of it i just like when guys can connect on a level that like you know you feel like no one else understands what you're what you're going through and to be able to connect i just thought that was really cool especially you know because mike's been through it already and he's he's kind of lived it and so for him to you know come alongside jonathan and I mean, this is Mike's episode. Mike, Mike came through so many times for so many people. 
and he he holds a special place in my heart and i don't even know him personally so mm -hmm. it was it was really cool really special to see that i love the line that he says too maybe for once in survivor history the people who are physically stronger will win this thing for a change mm -hmm. right and then yeah. and then later they say the guy from jersey a guy from alabama talking right that is neat those those connections and i did want to just also acknowledge the conversation later on that we see with uh, romeo and high as well where romeo uh comes out a little bit more with his story of being a bit afraid of revealing that he's gay to his family and mm -hmm. just some of the concern there and again a very like meaningful moment of someone that he finds that connects with him and he, he said like it's a pretty vulnerable thing there all these things are vulnerable but romeo to say like i'm scared of it's like a lot of my family doesn't know some of this part of my story especially that those back uh i think it's el salvador his family is relatives yeah el salvador, are from yeah. And um, and just like a legitimate f fear, like why wouldn't you be scared? This is going to be for all these. Like I guess they're going to find out when they watch the show, and for Hyde to come alongside and really just validate that was just also these beautiful moments in a game that is so cutthroat and vicious, just like we saw with Mike and Jonathan, well, and we see it with so many others. I I really appreciate that. It's cool you can see aspect. that vulner you can see that vulnerability between the two of them. And from what we know, they're not even working together, but yet yeah. they can have a moment like this where where they have that vulnerability. Um, even uh, Mike and Omar had a moment, yeah. right? Yeah. Talking about virginity there on beside the I don't know if it was beside the campfire or what. Yeah. But that was a nice little moment too. And it seemed like it was back to back to back and you know, just bromance after bro. I love it. I, like I'll, I'll take that and rocks Roy on an Island any day. That's all we need. Give us the content. That's what we're looking for. Um, <laughs> the other thing about being back at camp is there, they spend a lot of time, a group of four or five people are fishing in the rocks and there's the, the comments going on. Like Jonathan's the biggest human that some of them have ever seen. I think high said that he's the biggest human I've ever seen there, but there's also, it's all being spun in a positive way. There's a, we're going to reference this line later. There is a lot of, I want to work with Jonathan momentum at this point in the episode, Mike, hi, um, Drea. There's just a huge group of them that want to work with Jonathan. And I'm like, this is interesting. They usually, he's usually the guy that gets a type of guy that gets voted out at the merge or pre-merge um time frame but there's a lot of that momentum going on and then high told omer that chanel lost her vote which means he's no he now knows that he loses his vote and he's right. upset that chanel never told him about that never told him that she ended up mm. losing her vote um and so it's just on the opposite of what we were talking about about uh, what i was just talking about with jonathan it's a lot more Chanel is untrustworthy energy going on mm -hmm. with this group mm -hmm. that continually comes up mm -hmm. that her and Tori are untrustworthy. And this is another moment where Chanel, as I look at my notes, auto-corrected it to Chantel, but um, uh, Chanel is untrustworthy is the energy coming out of that, which is um, pretty cool. Then we go to a commercial break. We come back. Omer and Mike are talking as you were uh, talking about Luke Marianne and Lydia calling them Marianne. Did you guys catch Marianne's comment? The, the old, old grandma, grandma, the gold grandma oh. names. <laughs> and Lydia just laughed as if like, finally someone has said that because I know, I know, I understand. <laughs> um, so I good. Hi, hi and Jonathan. Hi makes a big commitment to Jonathan about wanting to work together like right to the end. Um, yeah. He hasn't used language like that with anybody else. Um, but now high likes Jonathan, Omer likes Jonathan, 
Mike likes Jonathan, like this momentum is just building and building and building. Mm-hmm. And this, this can be Mike's episode, but this also can be Hyde's episode um, mm-hmm. to this point where he's establishing his agency, his clear path to the end. And then they decide on the, the Alliance of eight strong, which mm-hmm. I thought was dumb. Oh, okay. Go, no, go. I like this. Go is a little bit of a zag. So I called it the high lions, which I thought was way too big. Like you've got how many people, 12 people left, right? Yeah. So you're, you're taking eight people in, but it's not a solid eight. It's an eight made up of three different alliances. And not only that, but high's alliance represents really his, his strongest is just him and Lydia. Right. So if, if he's going into an alliance, he needs numbers within the alliance. He doesn't have that. He's going in as a twosome into and creating like this massive alliance of eight. Just no, I don't, I thought there was no foresight there unless he was, and we'll see this later maybe, but unless he was maybe planning to split from Lydia, but I don't know. Like it just, I don't think he was planning to split from Lydia. No, that just happened. Yeah. Also one alliance member is not there. Roxroy is considered to be part of the eight. He is not present. There's a few not there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he's like, not even only... on the beach, though. Like, he can't even speak for himself on the beach. But, yes, you're right. There's only four of them making an alliance of eight. I agree with that. Yeah. That I just wanted so to dumb. recap it because it helps, again, for those listening. Oh. In that conversation you had from Vati, hi, Lydia, and Mike included. From Ika, you had Drea and Roxroy included. And from Taku, you had Jonathan, Omar, and Lindsay included. That make up yeah. the eight, if I'm doing my math correctly. But... Yeah, very interesting. Interesting that people, I talked to London Steve about this on the phone today, how like someone like Drea, who you think from the episodes before is close with Romeo because they have found an idol together. Like she doesn't even lob out his name, right? And it just, it kind of begs the question. If you imagine you're in that setting where there's an alliance being formed on this new beach and your closest alliance member is not included in one of the names that people throw out, what do you do? Like, and again, to your point, Luke, like, are you going to bring it to nine people now? No, you can't. It should have been set it, max. It should have been seven. And, and if it was me, I think I would have preferred five um, with it, like with a, with a solid three right. inside of that. Right. Um, something like that. But. Sure. Well, this ties into another audience question from the community. This is from Survivor at Home's own John Wani, uh texting in and tweeting in this week asking, if you were there, put yourself on this merge episode, who might you beeline to early on when you get to that merge beach? Someone, one or two people that you think you want to work with based on what we've seen so far. So I wrote, I wrote it down right away as soon as you said. I think I was in the midst of watching the episode, actually, when I saw that question. I picked Mike because I love him, but also Omar. I think that he's very underrated, super smart. But also Canadian. very loyal, Canadian. So that's my that's, those are my two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said I tried to go off of like first impressions, not as much on what we know about everyone individually, just because mm-hmm. that would be like it'd be a lot of first impressions. If you're beelining on the beach, it's someone who wasn't on your tribe at all yet. Um, so I said Lindsay would be someone that I think I'd beeline just like first impressions. She seems like someone who's going to be solid. Think about the game, and you can work with. Um, Omar as well is someone for me. And then I'm, I'm a fan of Drea. So I said, Drea, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything other than I'm, I am a fan of Drea. So here we are. 
<laughs> this shady, is where Luke and I've been on the same page a lot here, but not on that pick. But it's okay. What would we'll you say, on. Andrew? I'm trying to put myself like really like if I was there with this group of people, just knowing myself as an old 34 year old, um, I would go. I I think I would try to talk to Mike. I, yeah. I just that kind of personality of someone who look like is or looks a little rough around the edges, but who's got a heart of gold. Th that kind of person just I gravitate towards. I find them in a crowd. So certainly Mike would be number one. And then I think I I, I don't know something about Chanel this whole season. I can't pick it because she she kind of goes up and down for me. Like some episodes, I'm like, yeah, I'm really on Team Chanel, and then other ones, yeah, she just seems to be scrambling in defense of that vote for Mike, but. I don't know. She just, there's something about her. I just, she's got a good vibe to me. And I, I, I said it early on in the season. I, I, although I was wrong about her and Daniel, I, I feel like she's going far this season. So those two. I, I like that. I think that's a good uh, perspective. I, I think Chanel also, I, like she's, but she's a great player and I can see like allying with her, but I think mm -hmm. in that moment, she was such a, like a pariah. I don't know. Like it's, it seemed like she would approach anyone and they would just scatter. And I, it just, it's, it seemed like that's, that's the vote you don't want to be associated with. Her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That would be assuming that hadn't happened, but that's a great thing that you bring up and a really difficult thing to watch where a couple of times they show her approaching a group and they can't, you think like, okay, they're going to lie. I think high was good at jumping into a quick phrase of something, but everyone else is like, all right, I'm going to go uh, like, you know, they they had a moment where they had a, they had two minutes of Chanel walking up to them and talked about, we got to make her feel comfortable. We last time we, <laughs> last time she approached us, we just scattered like 30 seconds in. And then they, they did exactly what they didn't want to do, which was scattered even quicker than the time before. Right. And I'm going, guys, you're failing at making her feel comfortable. That would be so hard though, man, a whole group of people to kind of just switch to a lie. Um, you can't figure out a different topic or conversation in yeah. that moment yeah, someone else to. just to pin the blame on even like just yeah let's talk about how marianne is a huge threat and we have to find a way to get her out of the game soon yeah i want to know what do you guys think you would say like do, would you even pre-plan a few things mentally because that's going to happen all the time where you're talking to someone it's like and then they might even have less time than that where they turn the corner it's like oh crap here they come and you got to make it sound like you're in the midst of a genuine conversation. Do you guys, would you have like a go-to? Like what would you, like even right now, someone's like, hey, I told you not to talk about Survivor. And they walk into this, drop on this podcast. What would you, what would be like your default conversation? I could get Andrew going on the Leafs pretty quick. Oh yeah. I think we could do that. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> Maple easy. Leafs. Maple yeah. Leafs. Yeah. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Big win tonight. I think big. they won. They, they did? Better have won. Yeah, we're good. Well, they better yeah. have won. It was seven three last you checked. I I I I was relating to Survivor at home actually because there were a, a bunch of moments in um oh why am I blanking on the app name? It's uh triple play. Triple play. So you go you're on triple play and, and you're bouncing between conversations and you show up in a room and when everyone disappears you 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 realize it's you like yeah. you're the one who's not a part of that conversation or or you you notice that the the conversation switches real quick it's an awkward moment as soon as you join yeah the vibe the mm -hmm. vibe shifts the all vibe of a sudden right. and you know that it's you that the should not be the there time. but i'll tell you what i think and this and this is to your point andrew 
I think for Chanel, this might be the a turning point in her game too. I think she's been on the outs for the last couple of votes. I don't think she's really been a part of conversations in a positive light. And I think moving forward, she's going to look not to those powers that we're all kind of talking on the beach, but she's going to start to ally with all the other people who were kind of on the outs as well. It might, I don't know, when we look at the votes this, this time around, it doesn't look like she was a part of many conversations still, but moving forward, I'd be interested to see if she, if she changes her strat. I think she's a, a pretty resilient player and I, She's very smart, so I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count her out just yet. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like someone, she doesn't have a lot of advantages though, like some of the other players. But I don't know. Like I said, I, I just there's something about her that I really like. It. She, again, she just seems very normal, like very relatable. I, yeah. I could see myself definitely aligning with her, but she does. She's got to dig herself out of that. She did talk to Lydia, and she's picking up for sure on these cues. And she even said Lydia was just different. Like she couldn't really look me in the eye. So. All those pieces, like I love what you said, the vibe, like the vibe in the tribe, the, the sensing things, all of those play like are very pivotal in the in your game outside of just what is spoken. And that comes up even in tribal again later. I think it's Romeo and there's a couple who say something similar of I'm able to just look at someone and tell if they're telling me the truth. That piece of the game I've has always fascinated me of the and you guys have played Survivor Home, like you said, where you're hopping into chats and talking to, you got to lie to some people and then you got to try and create like a facade so someone doesn't use an idol. I love that. It's very interesting to me that that extra component outside of just the words you say, it's the way you carry yourself. The, even sometimes just when you're, you know, like when you're in a fight with your spouse, so there's like tension and you're like in the, in the, or a good friend and like, you're just arguing, like it's like a tension in the air. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you would feel that at camp sometimes and that those intangibles must come into play, but it's sometimes hard to show that on TV. And, and I would be, I would love to learn more about those stories, but yeah. um, anything before we jump back to Roxroy on exile. I think we're ready to go to Let's ready go. to go back to Roxroy Luke. Here we go. Uh, yeah. So Jeff shows up and gets to explain what the twist actually is. If I was Roxroy, I would have just wanted an explanation there so I could just break the hourglass and be done with it. <laughs> so they talk through it and they want to talk through the pros and they want to talk through the cons. Cool, cool, cool. When it boils down to it, in one situation, Roxroy can get voted out of the game in two days. And in the other situation, Roxroy, Roxroy cannot get voted out of the game in two days. Yeah. Yes. Which one are you going to choose? Right. Well, this is, I, let me just say, this is our third and final audience question from Lynette, champion of Survivor Home season three. And she wrote in as well saying, is there ever a time where you don't smash that? Because yeah. she said, it seems like a no brainer to me. Are we missing something? I don't think we're missing something. I think it gets smashed every, if as long as that person's fate in the game can be on the line and it affects them directly on their safety, I think you're going to smash it every single time, right? Maybe, if that, if that yeah. person on exile is like, if the smash of the hourglass does not change their fate and they're either safe either way, or they're eligible to be voted out either way, then you could see a situation where they do or don't, but. Yeah. Although I could see if, if that person had a number of allies on the winning team, if that's how the rocks played out and they knew that they were solid with, I don't know, three people on that winning team. 
I can see it going the other way. I, yeah, it's tough to say. Like, there's there's very little chance of that happening. Yeah, I the don't one think thing so. I was, the one thing about that that I thought was hilarious was when uh, I think it was Roxroy um, repeating kind of, he was saying, oh, there's, I have all this power in my hands. And then it just like pans in on his face and he goes, awesome. You don't remember that? <laughs> no, that's say, not say it again. We were going. Say it again, because I don't know if everyone heard that. It's, oh, it just pans in on his face. It's talking about all this, this power that he's got um, potentially in his hands, this, this ability to change the game. It just pans in on his face and he says, awesome. So I don't, I, don't <laughs> I love that. that. I didn't where catch I thought, that. Where I thought you were going with that was when he's going through the pros and the cons. And then he goes, and the Tory factor with one swing of the ham- hammer, she's vulnerable. Right. And it was just like, oh, okay, so he's swinging, the, so he's hitting, he's breaking the hourglass. Like that's, that's the answer. Yeah. yeah. You knew Tory he was vulnerable because we know that he wants Tori out of the game. Well, <laughs> I thought just, I wanted to comment. If anyone was ever going to not smash the hourglass, it would be someone like Roxroy, who just is very principled in yeah. things. And he even said like, well, they lost. So like they have to kind of learn their lesson and, um, like he he at least is shown to be considering it and he's semi-believable i know production probably played that up and asked him to repeat some lines if anyone's gonna do it it's a guy like roxway for sure because of his principled nature and he might just think well i don't want to wreck the integrity of the game or we deserve to be here or something so i'm gonna let you know let it the rocks go where they lie right but even he doesn't do that. Even he smashes it. So that just shows me there will never be a situation. So to Lynette, to your question, no, there's never a time that we're going to see that. And we may never see the hourglass again, because now people know yeah. what it is and uh, no one right. can see this because you're listening to a podcast, but I have my hourglass behind me, which was used in survivor at home season four. And I think Bryson was the one that found it and saw it and uh, claimed it. So. Yeah. Put a target on his back. Put a target on his right. back. He claimed it in front of everyone, right? Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. What a Tory, Tory move. What a Tory move. <laughs> what a Tory. Hey, she's. I'm on Team Tory now, so you be kind. Okay. Right? Go watch yourself. No, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Andrew has I, gone back on his original I thought processes. <laughs> I know we're still... playing up the to the Tory rocks rocks Roy uh, beef or whatever, but they did hug once in the episode. It was even the hug was awkward though. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that, and it's like, it, no, it's just, it's it, it's when they were at the challenge, I think, or some. No, somewhere. it was it was Applebee's when they he announced Applebee's. Yes, oh. they hugged. It was just more of a lean. She, they just happened to be the two beside each other. <laughs> yeah. that, that was not a no. Go you back and watch so? that. No, it, no. Okay. Even even in so, that, it's like it's a little awkward. But they're not going to ruffle any feathers okay. there. So you've changed your tune on Tori, but Sydney still nothing. No, from last she season? didn't. No, okay. She didn't. We'll I mean, she didn't have the time to change <laughs> to show us. But she even seeing her on social media since with Sydney, she just I don't know if she's playing it up just for the fanfare, but she just really I don't know. Not she, your not your cup of tea. Okay, yeah, that's just, fine. Anyway, you don't need to talk about that. But she no, <laughs> she she definitely wasn't. She just wasn't humble about it. Whereas seems gotcha. like Tori is at least trying to to grow and learn. But right. I don't think so. No, we'll see. So, uh, we go through the immunity challenge. Roxroy returns. He chose to change the game, which means now safe are Roxroy, Drea, Mike, Chanel, Omer, Romeo are all safe. Tori, they start to explain why they chose Roxroy. 
And Tori starts to tell him that she wanted to help him by sending him and giving that power. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, what so... are you trying to say? That was so good. <laughs> She's trying to spin this <laughs> in her direction, and it's just not happening There's i think even no it pans way. the mic and he's like oh boy she's digging herself a hole here <laughs> yeah Just, yeah yeah like that was we did it i for wanted you. i yeah we did it for you i wanted you that was yeah her reasoning for sending rock Story to exile was because she wanted him to have power in the game mm-hmm. uh-huh i'm gonna believe that yeah uh, well no i think shot. part of it's part of it's her hate for rock Story, but part of it's also that she immediately knows that she's on the bottom of those yeah. those five or six mm-hmm. or whatever it is yeah and so her plan is to get back in the good books it's rock right mm-hmm. i guess that's a tough look that's did you guys see look. the uh the necklace too that the, the jeff pulls out and i think Je- i think it was jeff even he's like that's pretty badass this necklace mm-hmm. like the uh-huh. that is one of the coolest ones that we've seen and tori i'm sure like everyone else looks at it and says okay i gotta win this thing yep. um, yeah. and she she more than anyone i think like you said probably felt some of that pressure this is what i love about survivors like this happens all the time because before there were some conversations with those alliances of okay uh maybe it's chanel maybe it's tori maybe it's marianne those are the three names that were getting thrown around now because of this decision by rock story chanel is safe and we know that marianne has an idol and we're about to find out that Tori's going to win immunity and totally flip yeah. the script. I just can't believe how often this happens in Survivor. And it's not scripted. Tell, like, argue nope. with me about this. I will argue no. back. It is not it is scripted. Not it happens all. every season where you're like, this person is going to go out. And then, nope, here they go. They've they've pulled it off somehow. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was just interesting as they head into the challenge. But I just wanted to say, too, I love, like, the physical reaction when they realize – that they are safe those uh, like yeah. like you mentioned yeah. they just that you can literally see them just like the weight off their shoulders like wow especially in a situation it. where you know you're in trouble right there's yeah. sometimes where one you, in six yeah you win one in six sometimes you win immunity and it's like it's great to win immunity all good but also i wasn't quite in a situation where i needed it to survive versus tori's in a situation she needs this immunity to survive. Absolutely, she does. And she takes it. I actually wrote, uh-oh, Tori wins immunity. So what happens now? This is going to be um, yeah. this is going to be fun. And right. um, it's your classic immunity challenge as well with the stacking of the blocks and the rope. It's one of those, one of those challenges that I watch, and we've watched it enough where I go, I feel like I could go way faster than that. But factor in everything, especially just immunity on the line. And those blocks seem to slide pretty easily. Um those blocks seem to slide off that off each other and off that podium pretty easily. And it swings itself mm-hmm. that I get it why they go so slow at the end. And if she was going too slow, someone would have caught her and they, yeah. they didn't even come close. So, um, uh, yeah, that's a class. I would suck. I would suck at that challenge. I posted that on Twitter too. I think that would be really tough. Just not the, not the shorter portion of the rope but as you get further back you can almost overcompensate and it tips because mm-hmm. it tips back the other way too that yeah. that would be tough I, I don't know how you win and i mean yeah. kudos, i actually called tori I, I at the start it's like i've got a feeling she's gonna win this and she yeah. did but even kudos to her because jeff is standing I, I, it almost seemed like jeff didn't want her to win because he's standing so close to her like calling out like if tori messes this up then someone else <laughs> has got a chance and like he's right beside her the whole time if i was tori i'd be like shut your mouth jeff like just let yeah. me do the challenge 
and she's able to stay composed and get that one foot up pause and get the other foot up and it's intense and she she pulls it off and yeah kudos her because she i think she was going home for sure had she not i think so too not won that challenge Mm -hmm. so they go back to camp this is a fun part romeo is hard targeting jonathan Lindsay gets wind of that and she wants people to target marianne and then there's a meeting of the minds where lydia decides she's good to vote out jonathan along with a couple others and officially the keep Jonathan momentum has been squashed that no longer is going on. And there is some real momentum and there's some real talk about Jonathan being the target, the classic Braun strong. He's lost. He doesn't have immunity now. Let's get him before he wins it all, all the way through, which may or may not happen. We don't know. Um, But that, that momentum that I was so fond of 20 minutes ago in this podcast has officially ended. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well and, and this is where we enter the the tsn turning point of the episode two with omar i'm not sure if you actually mentioned this sorry already but this is significant where he talks to lydia and he mm-hmm. asks her like what does your gut say between marianne and jonathan and it, i even wrote down as it's happening this feels like a key conversation here mm-hmm. and he and omar then takes that he takes the fact that she was even just open or wavering on what was a group decision it's kind of confusing to me that that was like the linchpin for, for everything else, but it seems like that was the fuel he needed to then start going around to everyone and saying, let's, let's sacrifice it's, little Lydia here instead of Jonathan. It's also a gutsy move because Omer does not have a vote and he knows that mm-hmm. he knows that he doesn't have a vote. So now he's trying to influence everyone to do the work for him. Meanwhile, he's not going to be contributing to it, but he's also not in a spot where he can get voted out either. So he's safe on that. And he's basically just a, a nothing in this tribal council. He can't get voted out and he can't vote. He's just mm-hmm. there for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. He's a jury member who's allowed to talk is what he is. Yeah, um, none of this, none of this, looking back to none of this momentum would have even been possible if they hadn't created that, that alliance of eight, that high alliance. It should not have happened. Like because mm-hmm. of that and because of this conversation that you're talking about with Lydia and Romeo spurring things on, you know, all of a sudden now, now you've got a group of eight people that can't be backstabbed. I don't know. I know. I gets word of a Lydia vote. This is one of the fun parts about Survivor is everyone has the same goal, get to the end, and they all have different priorities. And part of playing Survivor with your alliances is there are certain things that you really don't want to sacrifice on. You can sacrifice some people in votes. You can sacrifice not getting immunity a couple of times. But there are certain things you have to set a precedent on that you're not willing to sacrifice to help because it's that person or that thing is going to help you move forward in the game. And High, at least in his confessional, is telling us Lydia, that's Lydia. She's a no-fly zone. We're not voting her out. Um, he has his priorities. Jonathan is his own priorities, and they're good to get rid of Marianne. But other people want to get out Jonathan. It's like trying to come to a consensus on a vote is difficult and high is proving that because it looked like everyone or enough people were good at lydia and high is going this is not what we want or what i want well he says it's not an option like professional to the side and that's when omar shared that there in front of high and mike and he told them of this new idea to get lydia out oh yeah again this is a significant Mm -hmm. moment but i think i wonder if it was strategic i think it might have been that he brought it up too high 
with Mike there because yeah. Mike loves Jonathan and has, has yeah. made this bromance and you know they're going to work together. So I think for Omar to say in front of High and Mike, look, I know we were talking, some people were saying Jonathan, but I think Lydia is the better choice. You know, in that moment, Mike is like, yes, of course. And High is not going to speak up there. And he doesn't, at least that we see, he does in his confessional again, say after, no, this is not an option, but pretty significant for Omar, but risky because then he's telling Lydia's closest alliance member, which I'm sure he knew of a little bit that this is going down. And there's that worry. Is this going to open a door for something now to come back and bite Omar or to get like his, his, what he's trying to work at here. So um, very, very interesting. And I, I was wondering, can high now how good he is at this game and how much he wants to be in the driver's seat. Like he says, is he going to be able to take this and and flip it again? Uh, but of course, in the end, we see he's not. And he he actually writes her name down, which is yeah, significant. That we're we're going to get to the vote breakdown in a yeah. moment. Is there anything for you guys that stands out from Tribal Council? Because they don't really give you much. They give you some nice lines about are you a driver or passenger? Who are you talking to? What are you talking about? This is a defining vote. I think every vote is a defining vote. But okay. Um, Lydia gives us a good line. You're going to play better and feel better if you are your authentic self. Mm -hmm. Also, when you see this emotional type of line from someone in tribal council, it's usually a foreshadow when Jeff starts to dig into that type of stuff. On, on I saw okay. Stephen Fishback, I think it was, posting. He's like, no, he's like, Lydia, don't say the emotional line on like in the travel because <laughs> he's she's probably going home. Yeah, although Marianne also, now she word vomits again. Um, but she goes on another rant, um, Jeff asking the tough questions to her as well. So I thought that might have been the foreshadow, uh, but also her moment of she's going on a rant, speaking, speaking, speaking. And then all of a sudden, wait, what was your question? Yeah, that was yeah. great. <laughs> Just like I've done classic. That before. Yeah, absolutely. I like what Omar said too. He said everyone at some point was saying, all right, I'm going to go get firewood. He's like, but the firewood pile is totally <laughs> empty. No one, no one was actually getting firewood because they were out strategizing. Yeah. I, that honestly, was a good one. The, I've said this before that the initial hours of survivor, like at the very beginning, if I were on the beach and that first tribe, sure. the stress of trying to find the lines and then the stress of a merge of just like that mad scramble of like, I, I just, there's so many situations here to, to work through parse through. It would just be so stressful and there's no yeah. way around it until that vote is done. Yeah. And there's some sense of normalcy. You guys have played survivor home. You felt that you get to the merge and you come out of it and it's, I guess, Luke, did you win your way back in? Yeah. Right after yeah, the merge. At, so what at the merge, can, yeah. can you relate to that? Is there in this online experience over a weekend, do you have a similar sense of just the chaos of entering into a merged group of people on survivor and survivor at home? Yeah. I think for me, it was a little different because I wasn't out that long. I think I was only out for a couple of votes, maybe one, maybe two at the most, but uh, so when I came back in, I kind of had an idea of what the alliances were. And so with two tribes as well, like in Survivor at Home, it's a little easier to find the lines when you come back in. For someone like Tyler, though, remember Tyler came back with how many players left? Like that was pretty uh, late in the game. Seven? And he scrambled. And I remember scrambling to connect with him too. Yeah, it was about, I think it was seven people left. And uh, so then, and he had been out since almost the beginning. And so for him to come back in after so long, I think that was more maybe indicative, maybe like uh, more relatable for him to, to 
you know, in terms of this situation here, because you've got three tribes, you have so many different people, so many different alliances, and then and it's all fresh. Like, I think that's a little bit more relatable. But yeah, it is a scramble. It's tough. But you have to. I think it depends on your personality. It depends on your your history with the other people. But for me personally, I think you still have to play kind of the middle a little bit there. Not not get out too much ahead of yourself like high did right off the bat there and trying to make an alliance but at the same time you don't want to be like a chanel during a merge like that either because your name will come up like crazy so so one more line that stood out from here and when we break down the votes in a second this is going to mean a lot hi says lies will be revealed tonight Which is interesting because now let's break down where the votes landed. Four different people received votes yeah. in, this, in oh. this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the first one is Roxroy comes back from exile and votes for Lindsay. He's the only one. And here's the note. Roxroy has been to three tribal councils. He's made three votes. The first tribal council, he voted for Zach. Everyone voted for Zach. Okay. The second tribal council, he voted for Tori. He was the only vote for Tory in that tribal council. Everyone else voted for Swati. So this is this. And now this tribal council as well. This is the second time where he's the only person to vote for someone in the Mm. tribal council. He's been either left out on, he's either been left out completely unaware or has been told and believed to vote for the incorrect person twice. In, and that's two back-to-back votes for him, not back-to-back votes in the game, but back-to-back votes that he's been a part of. He has been completely wrong. Twice. And he was supposed to be in that group of eight. He was, yes, he was in that group of eight. So it shakes down even better. Two people voted for Marianne. Lydia, uh, Lydia voted for Marianne and Romeo yeah. voted for Marianne. And Romeo was the one who brought John's name up. Right. But he ended up voting for Marianne. Right. Two votes for Jonathan. Hint. Also not in the the Alliance of Eight. Chanel and Tori voted for Jonathan. Lydia votes were Drea, Alliance of Eight, Jonathan, Alliance of Eight, Lindsay, Marianne, Mike. We have to assume Omer would have voted for him as well, for her as well. And Hi. So Mike and Hi both voted for Lydia. Mm -hmm. I'm still wrapping my head around that because they on their own if hi and mike go over say to marianne or jonathan they tie the vote they yeah and if they get romeo to vote for jonathan jonathan's out yeah if they bring it, in roxroy like they just there's so many if they yeah. really don't want to vote out lydia they don't vote out lydia i, I get why they left this out because you gotta you want the suspense as a viewer but we need to know what did hi what led high to do that to do because he to vote said to the camera and to others he's no reason to lie in a confessional to the camera mm-hmm. he's not voting for lydia he's told lydia that he's not voting for lydia and this is part of what i say when you start to go back on your alliances and vote out the people that are going to be key for you that's where your game can start to unravel mm-hmm Right. If you if you don't make the right move, it could turn out that voting out Lydia might be the right move. And he ha- and high has high and Mike get a great alliance out of it that they can go far with. But that's probably what I think out, it is. Yeah. yeah sorry, but you just voted out someone who was going to work with you, especially yeah. high. Like Mike is if he doesn't work with if high doesn't work with Mike. So be it. Yeah. But Lydia was the one they were in it together. 
he's went to rocks. He almost went to rocks for Lydia or was willing to go to rocks for Lydia to save her and save his own game. And now the first vote at the merge, he turns on her and votes her out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need more. And they didn't even show more fighting like him as to that earlier conversation. He goes after he hears from Omar and and tries to really rally the troops to get out Marianne or Jonathan it's it's odd to me and it's a weird omission that we didn't get to see because and he's a strategic player he's really thinking the game through mm-hmm. so this is yeah. a calculated decision he must have i mean obviously he just reached a point that he where we and we didn't see this but he would have reached a point where he said okay I, this is what's happening and everyone yeah. else has kind of made up their mind and so i can't push this too far here yeah, uh, but it's and I wonder if it's the timing of it too, because I mean, Omar heard about Jonathan's name being out there pretty quick from Lydia, and so he started the campaign, um, you know, not to not vote Jonathan out. And I think he probably, I think he, t- I mean, he may, he may have even said that he told High last, and by that point, maybe High just didn't have enough time to turn the tide, and mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I think it speaks to Omar's strategy and his ability to sway people but also to read people and to kind of manipulate circumstances but um i was thinking too because hi also talked a little bit about not wanting jonathan out because he considered himself right the most athletic aside from jonathan i think Mm -hmm. at some point i think he said that so i think he's he kind of he still wants to keep jonathan around so maybe if you heard that it was between lydia and jonathan i think maybe that played a part in him thinking to just vote Lydia, but I don't know. So here's one other thing. I'm just looking it up as we go. One of the tribes voted, everyone from that tribe voted for someone different. It was the the blue tribe, which is Ika. Ika, yeah. Ika, Drea voted for Lydia. Roxroy voted for Lindsay. Romeo voted for Marianne. And Tori voted for Jonathan. Wow. That's a great breakdown. That so, is solid here's here's someone posted a, this on twitter this isn't my own stat oh, you should they take are credit the for first it, you i'm gonna it. take credit for it now no one posted on twitter i figured this out Whoa. they are the first tribe at a merge where everyone voted for someone different at the merge the first tribe since pagong any guesses what season pagong was oh i know this season uh six wasn't it no season uh oh i was gonna say five season one season one dang season one they all at the merge voted for someone different and as we know from season one not everyone had figured out survivor strategy and some people were just voting in alphabetical order (laughs) maybe that's what rocks roy is doing we gotta look (laughs) he could be he could be we'll take a look he started at the bottom though because he started with zed with zach on the other hand though you have Marianne, Jonathan. Um, who else is in their tribe? Lindsay. Lindsay. And, and Omar, Omar potentially would have voted with all voting the same. So I think that four is still yes. really strong. Also, Luke, your favorite tri- your favorite alliance of eight people, with the exception of Lydia and Roxroy, who who knows what Roxroy is doing, but Lydia got blindsided, all voted together, plus Marianne. Interesting. Just a clarification note. Season one was Borneo. Yes. But the tribes were Tagi and Pagong. You may have said that, but I misunderstood. Yes, yes. So the tri- one of the tribes, Pagong, 
when they got to the merge, they okay. all voted. Okay, I missed for that. I thought you said that was the name of the season. Oh no, 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 no. Borneo is season one, but Pagong was one of the two tribes, and they at the merge all voted okay. for someone different. Right, and in a very Survivor esque moment, just like the beetle landing on them during travel there's oh, one of those right. gross yeah. creepy crawly millipede centipedes like running around my feet right now while nice. recording but i've seen them enough living in the city of toronto and kind of wet basements so you get used to them a little bit but i still don't want it to crawl on my legs so i'm a little distracted here but if you know what i'm talking about these creepy crawlies they're they nice. are a I real feel. thing those bugs that would that would be <laughs> a factor if i was on the island seeing i know um vicky Cade talked about um survivor at home season one and two good friend of the show just the fear of mice and like a legit phobia of fear steph my wife like a fear of birds like for real she's got like a phobia interesting again what like what little things would keep you back from competing on a game like that we can make that another bonus episode uh another time but yes not a fan of the bugs not a fan of the spiders in particular would not be enjoyable to wake up to but so, Luke, I've got two Survivor at Home questions for you. One Andrew's going to yeah. ask, but the first one I'm going to ask, maybe Andrew won't ask it. I don't know. We'll figure it out. The first one I'm going to ask, though, is one of the major twists in the last two seasons of Survivor at Home is at the merge, you do the one-in, one-out vote. And right. one person who's in re- on exile or on Redemption Island on the jury chat gets voted back in. And one person who's in the game gets voted out. You're out of the game at that point in the jury. What is your approach and strategy to getting voted back in? Because there's a couple people who can play that emotional card that they got voted out early, didn't get a chance to come back, whatever. How do you get how do you rally the votes around you to get oh, back in? Yeah, that's a great question. I you know what? It was uh it was building it up before beforehand. So <clears throat> I th- I was lucky enough to be in in the game long enough before I got voted out that I was able to make a few connections here and there. And then I think I targeted, cause I remember, um, certain people get flocked to, um, certain people who are maybe seen as power players and they are kind of the center of conversational attention. And then sometimes I think it's, it's more important to, uh, focus in on the people who might be at the bottom and they are the people who, if you are more willing to work with you. And if they see you as a potential ally, um, they'll bring you back into the game. So that was my strategy going in was to have conversations with the people who might have been on the bottom um, so that they, you know, would feel comfortable bringing me back in as a potential ally. You're a man of the people, Luke. Man of the people. I love it. Question two. Uh Oh, will you play Survivor at home in the future? Maybe even season five coming September 2022 this year well i'll tell you if i do play i'm gonna win it so oh so now the returning player who knows how the game works he's going out to win it just just <laughs> cr- <laughs> yeah anyone can pick that bone i don't care yeah. i love it so you're you're definitely interested because i know your wife also is interested and we talked we uh, talked about that tell if us about gets, that if she gets in i'm not playing because a i don't think our relationship could handle that but also i would really love it to see her uh play the game and i think she would be uh, like a fantastic player so Mm -hmm. i would just want to watch i'd like to i'd I'd just like to watch from behind the scenes i think that'd be awesome 
-hmm. So, but if I get back in, she, uh, she hasn't made any commitments. She would probably still try to get, get into the game, but I would love to play again. Can't mm -hmm. wait. We'd love to have you on again, for sure. Great. You were a fantastic competitor on the show. A great uh, guest tonight. Really, gr really great insight. Um, and just appreciate your takes here. And yeah, just being a part of the survivor home community. I know you've been spreading the love to other friends as well. And that's what this as is all about. Be. As you should be spreading the word, uh, you know, getting other people involved as well. The community is growing. Um, so thank you for doing this, Luke. Do you, anything else that you want to say though, just as we head out here, maybe about survivor home, about survivor, maybe just yeah. life epiphanies you've had since being on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm, <laughs> you're my number one podcast that's for sure right. i tell that to every podcast though um <laughs> i uh no i've appreciated the work that you guys put into this to be honest i know there's a bunch of people who appreciate the, this podcast and you know it's my drive to and from work and sometimes at work too if i'm driving around i'll throw you guys on and uh i always know kind of you have a good timing together too and so it's it's fun to listen to you guys bring on some great guests um big fan of uh uh i mean london steve's episode is really great but um i think uh they've all been fantastic i mean in their own way so you guys have done a great job but yeah that's all i got thank we you appreciate very much it. we love it just give us all the compliments we're, we're here for it 100 percent all the time no we thank you it's been we've had a lot of fun with it and we every each guest each week has been awesome and this episode has been so cool and getting to hear your insights on what we've got uh, in survivor and hear a bit about your game because you're someone who i didn't know how you were playing and just got to watch it from afar so it's cool i didn't know coming in if i was gonna if i was gonna divulge too much i still don't think i have because i, I, I think do you're in a good spot this. what's that you're in a good spot no i get okay. i get you i get you yeah and most people have tuned out the, the podcast by this this is oh, like yeah. a record length oh, yeah. if you're still listening right now by the way uh let us know the code word is purple burrito and if <laughs> what's you their, what's their gift i was just looking that? around at things you know was, kel sherman's gonna get gonna i was get just that. looking around oh, my, yeah. in front of me and i see something that's purple and i see a, my burrito package that i just ate while recording say tell us texas purple burrito and we'll enter yeah. you into a draw uh, for a $10 Starbucks or Tim you got to hit up all card. three wow. of us though. That's how we know you've listened. You got to hit up all three of us. Wow. If you don't, how do they do that in the draw? How do they get, in, uh, how do they get in touch with Luke? Okay. Well, well, that's fair. Okay. At least the two of us, he doesn't that... even like us on Twitter. Ooh. I'll give my own. Uh, they, they can text you guys. This, this is my, my password. My password will be uh Brown Ritz Brown Ritz. Okay. So you got to hit, you got to get, Andrew and I both, you got to find a way to message us both. Have you guys, two passwords. have you ever seen that family guy episode where he's Peter Griffin's trying to hide his identity and he comes in and they're like, excuse me, what's your name? And he's like, uh, like trying to come. He's like, he looks over at someone eating. And there's a P he's like P and then looks over. Someone's crying. He's like a uh, tear. And then like a Griffin flies by. He's like Griffin, Peter Griffin. <laughs> uh, that's classic. That's going way back. <laughs> We're good. And as we segue into Family Guy, this has been a great episode of Survivor at Home, the podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, anything else out there? Are we on SoundCloud, Andrew? I don't know about SoundCloud, but it's okay. on a lot of the platforms. It's on a lot of sure. the platforms. Yeah. Find Anywhere us you listen those. to your podcast, you'll find it. Find us on Twitter at Survivor at, Survivor at Home on Twitter. 
at Ironside Andrew on Twitter, at Jordan B. Timpson. If I got that wrong, shout me out, but it's at Jordan B. Timpson on Twitter. We look forward to some engagement, some conversations. We're ready to go. Have a great week. We will talk to you next week.